Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Well, God bless you. Glad to have you with us today. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I've got a word for you today that's going to help you. You know, sometimes in life you need to sit down, buckle up, and let your life be open to new thoughts and new visions. Today's message is going to help you see what you can't see, and I think find answers you've been looking for. The Bible has your answer. God really cares about you. So, buckle up today. It's going to be a great journey. Let me take you into the Word of God today and give you what you need today. Enjoy today's message. There is a series that we're starting today. It's called Transparency, the Key to Changing Everything, and it's founded in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It is Paul writing to the Ephesus church during a season when they were um, persecuting him for his faith. And he was in this Roman jail. He's looking, he's in this jail, and he's, he looks up and he sees this Roman soldier. And he decides to write a letter to Ephesus. And in writing this letter, his goal is to to communicate a principle, a a simple principle. He wants them to understand how to fight, how to to be strong. What do you do? Um, And he says these words. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I always love verse 10 because it's a call to be strong. It's very important. To not be a weak person. Finally, my brother, the last thing I'm telling you guys in this book, be strong. And he goes on in verse 11 and says, put on the whole armor of God. Where did he get that image from? He's seeing the soldier and he sees the soldier all dressed in armor. And he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Here's why you put on this armor. So you're able. Without the armor, you're not able. Able to do what? Stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. You ever felt tricked, manipulated? You look back and you believe stuff that isn't true? And I, I, I'll, I'm going to sidetrack here for a minute. I told the guys today, I said, you know, we were talking to the men. We just finished a series called Every Man's Battle, a study of, of lust and temptation. And I told them, I said, if I believed that it worked, I would do it. I'd be a full-time cheater, a full-time romancer. Or I'd be that guy roaming all around the world. But that doesn't work. It's not true. It's just a lie. It's just a lie. It's just not true. Young men, I want you to hear me. If it was true, I'd do it. I'd join you. No, it's not true. You'll find out. Maybe it's paying for five babies or whatever, but you'll find out. <laughs> Maybe it'd be a couple of diseases. I don't know. You know, you know, you know, you, you just, you just, you'll find out. It's not true. There's something about this moment in Paul's life in this, in this story, back to the story where Paul looks up and he says, you know, they're wiles of the devil. They're tricks. And the only way, to, only way to defend yourself against it is to put on the entire armor of God, the whole armor of God. And then he goes on and he says in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against, the flesh, against flesh and blood. I want you to understand who you're fighting against. It's not, really, it's not a, a fight against any individual. Some of the things that some of you are going through, even with your family, friends, people you think that are your enemies, and I have people like that. I have people that don't like me, and it's really kind of interesting. It's like, wow, okay, what do you do with that? And they're never going to like me. Let me say it again. They never will. That's it. <laughs> That's, and why? Well, I don't know, because um, they think I did something. They think I said something. Um, 
you know, one lady was mad with me. She said, I just don't like you. I think I made it with her. But she said, I don't like you because you named the church after yourself, Ricky's Temple. My name is Ricky Temple. But for years, she didn't like me because I named the church after myself. Okay. Anyway, you know, you just, you, so what, you, you, can't, you can't change that. You just can't change some things. But it's, it's important to be clear who you're fighting. The enemy puts that kind of stuff in people's mind. The enemy tricks people into believing stuff that isn't true. So my point is, is that about the person? Or is that just what this verse says? We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. But against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. That's why I try to be really careful what I say, because I don't want to be used as a tool to spread something that's just not true. And that can happen. In my ignorance, I can be used by the enemy. So, I, so what I have to do on my side is understand the source of the fight. You think it's your wife, you think it's your husband, you think it's your brother, you think it's the boss. No, it's not. It's something deeper than that. There's a spiritual force trying to lead you down the wrong path, to get you to adopt the wrong attitude, to see things the wrong way. It's a spiritual attitude. It's a spiritual fight. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. Keep that in your mind. Here he goes. We were against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Therefore, verse 13 says, here's what you do based on all I just told you. Take on the whole armor of God. Get fully dressed, looking at the soldier, that you may be able, big, big statement, to withstand. There is some withstanding. That you, excuse me, so you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist, putting on the belt of truth. He looks at the Roman soldier and says, the first thing you need to put on is the belt of truth. You need to be transparent. That's what that's about. Now, I want to say that um, I, when I thought about this, I, I, as a matter of fact, I've been teaching this for several months now to leaders. There's a series I do uh, on transparency for leaders, leaders, and I've been traveling around the country teaching this. And, well, and I've always taught it from the standpoint of, and by the way, the series that I taught the leaders was based on the series I was preparing for you. And out of, the, out of preparing the series for you, I ended up with this leadership series. And so there's a question that, that came to my mind that flipped this entire series for me. Because when I would talk about transparency, I'd always talk about me being transparent, me talking to others or to God and saying, here's where I really am. To me, that's what transparency was. And as I studied it, I realized I wasn't as transparent as I thought I was. I wasn't as open as I thought I was. But it got flipped this week when I realized, what if, we, what if the question wasn't a one-way? Imagine a one-way. It was a one-way highway. But let's add another lane to the highway and let God talk back to me. What if God, what if God would have a transparent conversation with me? So here's my big question for the day. What would a transparent conversation between you and God sound like? If, you know, if he could talk to you and say, okay, let me tell you what I think. Now, not what you think or not what you think I think. You read the Bible and you come away with your own interpretation. And you think you know what I think. Suppose you're wrong. What if I could talk to you? Have you ever listened to people and said, 
I wish I could tell them what I really think. So let's add a third lane in this highway. Are people allowed to have transparent conversation with you? So you got three things on the table here. You being transparent yourself, being open and honest, telling the truth about yourself, realizing that you can deceive yourself. But I want to narrow this in a little bit, and I want to just specifically talk about the lane where God talks to you. If he could be transparent, what would he say? I picked three people that I want to illustrate, three individuals and three conversations. And I want you to imagine the conversation where God sits down and he talks to Adam. And when he talks to Adam, this conversation is about a mate. Adam is single. And this is in Genesis chapter 3, 2, two and 3. But imagine this conversation where God sits down and says, Hey, Adam, how you doing? Good to see you. Cool today. How was your day, Adam? My day was good. God, you know, I was doing pretty good. How's it going with the garden? Oh, man, I'm tilling the garden out there working. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. What about, I'm naming animals. I named five this week. A monkey, monkey, it was good. I just had a good, good week of naming animals and stuff, but it just feel a little strange, you know. What do you mean? Well, I, do you, you, ever, you ever feel like you're kind of alone? Yeah, you know, God, I do. I look out and I see, you know, monkeys and the monkeys together and the elephant, the elephants together. And that's kind of single, you know what I'm saying? It's me. Now, now, it's interesting, this is a sidebar. We don't know how long Adam was single. We don't, it could have been hundreds of years. We don't know. That's what you understand that. But anyway, so Adam is, you know, he's talking to God. He's cool today. And, and God says, you know what, Adam? I'm going to knock you out and give you somebody. What? I'm going to give you somebody. And when you see this, what I'm going to give you, you're going to say, whoa, man. <laughs> it's going to be, whoa, man. Look at that. That's how she got a name. Whoa, man. <laughs> whoa. Wow. God. Good gift. Yes. So now, now I want you to understand, this was someone who was not just cute, but fitting. Helpmate means fitting, not helper. Helpmate, someone that's fitting. She completes, she helps, she's there. There's this sense of, and it's not just physical, it's, it's emotional, it's mental, it's, it's, it rounds you. There, there's, a, there's such a, there's, I, I, I'm going to digress for a minute. Diane, so so connects with me. And there's a, um, some of it's rough. You know, it's not always easy. Sometimes it's kind of like trying to find how, <laughs> how to make this work, this communication work. And, but, but in the essence of our relationship, there's a sense of fulfillment. God wanted Adam to have that. And so imagine this conversation and hear this for a minute. He could never imagine it. God had to bring it up. There's something about God knocking him out and creating something for him that he couldn't create for himself. I think you get in trouble when you try to pick, pick by yourself. I think, you make, I think you have the greatest potential for making huge mistakes. And some of you have been in the picking business and you haven't picked good fruit yet. Your basis for picking is very narrow. He can dance. What? He can dance? Is that it? He gets to be the father of your children because he can dance? It's just, it's just amazing. And so what's powerful about this is God looked at Adam and said, you need something that you can't imagine. 
There's something about allowing God to communicate in your life and be engaged in your life because he knows. Adam had someone in his life who knew exactly the kind of person he needed and when he needed it. And he didn't tell you when. See, it would change your whole view if Adam was single for 100 years. You would go, wow, I know he's single. That I thought it was a few days. We don't know. And I think that's, that's important. There's a season alone and there's a season with someone. There's something about learning to manage both of those seasons. And there's something powerful when God's allowed to be open with you about when that's good. Let me say it again. About when that's good. And now it's time. It's a powerful moment. Second conversation I want you to imagine. Imagine the conversation between Noah and God about starting over. Imagine that. God goes to Noah. Hey, Noah, let's talk. Noah, uh, I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to have to kill everybody. (laughs) I'm killing everybody. I'm going to drown them all. Your cousins, your nephews, everybody. I'm going to kill all of them. Only one I'm going to leave alive is your family. Okay. So, build a boat. I mean, (laughs) what? I mean, you go, what? I'm killing everybody. I got to start over. I have to end this before I can start something new. Because, well, God, can't you talk to them? They They won't listen. Go try. They might kill you. I try to. No, they're not. They won't change. You know, one of the most amazing moments you'll come to in your life when you realize that the person doesn't want to change, and it's their right. It's their right not to. Some people change, and some people will never change because they like it as much as you did or do. And there's something about coming to that moment where God spoke to Noah and said, got to kill everybody. Got to let go of this whole team of staff people. I have to let go of everybody in this department. I have to change the way this whole business, this whole cadre of friends, all of this has to end for a new beginning to start for me. I I will never, ever, ever be able to advance with these routines. All of my routines have to change. Every single one of them. Every one of them. The last conversation was one imagined with Abraham. Between Abraham and God, and he's 75 years old. How old is he? Now I want you to imagine this. He's 75 years old. Now, here's something that I've learned about life. I've learned that at certain ages, I've changed. My thought patterns no longer were the same. I no longer wanted to do the same things. What I wanted to do in my 20s, you know, it was different than my 30s and 40s. And so when you get to be 56, you know, sometimes you're not thinking about having children. Not really. And surely not at 75. Now, that's not true for everybody. But he's 75. And God comes to him and says, hey, I've got a plan for you. We're going to have a baby. I want you to have a baby. I want you to believe that you can have a baby. And it's going to be 25 years from now. 25 years from now. How many years? He didn't tell him 25. But that's how long it would be. 
The first thing that's awkward is the conversation. Say it with me, please. Come on, say the conversation. The conversation's awkward. The conversation is completely something he never imagined. Never could ever come up with this plan. Noah didn't come up with the plan. Adam and Eve didn't come up with the plan. None of them came up with the plan. But God did. Can you imagine in your life that God has a plan for you to be fruitful at a season when you never thought you could be? It's amazing. I call these three things that are hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that God has something made for me that's exclusively for me. It's hard when you're single to imagine that God has someone that's designed, that he's made just for you. And when you're single, you can't see it. When you're a single person, you can't see it sometimes. At certain states in my life, I just couldn't see it. Secondly, it's hard to face that some things must be ended and started over again, like with Noah. And here's the third thing that's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine or hard to believe that you can be fruitful when you're older. Some of you have given up on being fruitful. This country has sold an idea that you should retire. 62 is the average retirement age. People believe that when they get close to that age, they're toast. They start acting like it, talking like it. I'm not against retirement, but I want you to hear me that this is an industry. I'm not against it. I think it's a good thing. But there's a, there's a danger when you think you, your value's gone. How could that be? You're wiser than you've ever been. You're smarter than you've ever been. All you got to do is exercise a little bit and you'll be healthy too. You can be, you can be healthier than you've ever been. You actually can, you can run at 50, 6. You might scoot for a while, but if you keep scooting, you'll scoot faster. But it's all about you believing. Here's my question. If God can honestly talk to you, what would he say about your attitude towards your life? Would he say, you don't believe I can give you fruitfulness at your age? Have you begun to accept where you are economically, accept where you are emotionally? Have you become, become the kind of person who says, I, I can't have that. I can't go there. Is that you? It's easy. You know, after preaching for 32 years, it's so easy to start thinking that. I lost my edge. I preached on that before. What else could I come up with? Why have you accepted that? And lately in my life, my, I've come to three lessons from this sermon that speak to me. Number one, God has a plan to create relationships that will help me. God's bringing people into my life to help me be transparent. Just knowing people and engaging with people from other countries and engaging with people from other places, there's something incredibly helpful about that. There's something about being put in a place where you don't, you don't, you're not always right. And your way is not always the only way. 
God's bringing me into seasons where things have to end. I'm watching this plan he has for me to end certain seasons and start new ones. I need relationships to keep me sound. I need to understand seasons in. And then lastly, I need to, I need to continue making fruit no matter where I am in life. That's what I've learned. Those are my great lessons. And then I heard something that made me, I had to put this in the sermon because I heard this the other day in a sermon. A guy asked a question. And if I'm transparent, it was one of the most profound, transparent questions I've been asked. He talked about God's definition of promised land and your definition of a promised land. What is God's definition of a promised land for Ricky Temple? And what is my definition of a promised land? Now, if I ask some of you what you want, you say, I want a car, I want a house, I want a husband. You start naming all this stuff as if that's the promised land. When you get there, you're going to be happy, right? Let me tell you what was not my definition of a promised land, but it was God's. You ready? Pastoring. Preaching. Let me tell you how much I wanted to be a preacher. Zero. I couldn't see it. But the Lord knew. The Lord knew. Temple. I know you can't see it, but it's, you're going to love it, and you're going to be good at it. People are going to like you. They'll come hear you talk. You'll be able to help and lead people. You're going to love studying the Word. You know, matter of fact, you don't want to study law. You want to study theology. If I put you in, in, in Bible college, you will soak it up like a sponge. Are you kidding if you're going to get a master's degree, it's got to be in strategic leadership stuff. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be in tied to the word. You'll love it. Temple, oh, you probably want to get a PhD in it. You'll love it so much. You must be kidding. I would have said, but, but here's what happened. Over the years, one prayer meeting after another, one encounter with God after another, he just kind of started guiding me. And opening my heart. And the more transparent I became with him, the more transparent he became with me. And he started pushing me. Well, try this and try that. And taste a little bit of this and taste a little bit of that. I, I never thought I'd speak in front of people. Ever. Let me be clear. Never. Ever. I never asked for it, thought about it, tried to do it, wanted to do it, never thought about it. But God said he can do it. He doesn't know. And that's how some of you are. You have a potential you can't see. You have a calling that you can't hear. You have a voice in you that you haven't released yet. There's some things that God can do. Let me tell you something. Some of you are frustrated millionaires. That's why you hate being broke. Some of you right now are called a great business. That's why you can't stand where you work. Some of you know you're supposed to be the CEO of the company. That's why you can't stand the mail room. That's why God's calling you. Are you listening to me? I'm preaching good right now. You need to hear what I'm saying to you. God has called you. You are the mother of three, but you're also the CEO of a new company. You are the woman that God's called to travel the world. That's why you want to go someplace. That's why every time you walk by a travel book, you grab it and open it up. Because you're supposed to be there in the five-star place. That's your place. That's why you care about hungry kids. Because you're supposed to be there. You're not just here. I walked I walk past USC all my life. I walked past that college campus all my life and never dreamed to go. Never dreamed to go. Never dreamed to go. I never dreamed to go. Every time somebody tells me I'm good at this, I'm amazed. 
He's Saul. He's Saul. If I can get you to just be open, I can show you something about yourself. You can be free. He sees your power. That's why he said, if I fill you with my spirit, I'll give you power. But all the power of the enemy, you'll throw your shoulders back. You'll stop being insecure. You'll change. People will know something's happened to you. They used to tell the disciples, we can tell you've been with Jesus. If you are transparent with God, if you allow your life to go to the next level, he'll show you something. He'll show you something you've never seen before. You look at me, I'm telling you, you see what God has done in the lives of people around you, they'll all tell you because they open their hearts to him. Well, I pray that message helped you and I pray that it gave you a lift in your day and gave you some insights into how God can make the difference in your life. Sometimes life can be challenging. Sometimes it can be confusing. You may not have all the answers you need, but if you stay faithful and you stay open, God can help you find the path you need. So today I want you to take what you've heard, apply it to your life and say, okay, how can I put that in my shoes and walk in it? So go walk today in some different shoes. Watch God bless you. Got to go. See you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.